Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health, the science of healthier animals. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. We're going to have a great show, I hope, today. We're going to talk about proper implanting procedures and steroid implants in general. I got some props, got some tools. We're going to talk about how to get those into the ear, not have abscesses, not have bunched implants, and much, much more. You're watching Doc Talk, and we'll be right back. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson here at Iowa State University and part of the owner and operator of Production Animal Consultation. And um, you're probably wondering why I have this purple shirt on today. And, and uh, this is in honor of our friend and colleague, Dr. Scott Morey and his family with, with Dr. Heidi Morey and Ashlyn and Jackson, their, their children. But uh, Scott has, uh, is taking on a fight against cancer and uh, his classmates, I think it was Trent Glick, who uh, was also in his class, uh, sent us out some t-shirts. This is one of Scott's mottos in life, uh, one of those that he's imparted on us. I think it's in a picture on his wall, uh, probably stuck in his truck somewhere, but Fenton River Veterinary Clinic in, in Connecticut is a very special place with some very special veterinarians, and Heidi and, and, and Dr. Scott, we're all in this with you, and we're gonna get some done okay uh, so today you're going to see us uh, and sending out prayers and, and that and um, we got this we got this together anyway we're going to talk about steroid implants and we use steroid implants every day in beef cattle because it's a return on investment for every steroid implant that we use there's a return of investment of 25 to 50 dollars there's no better economical or biological efficiency tool out there in beef cattle production than the, the steroid implant. And I'm actually sitting in the building in which they were discovered when DES was discovered in the 1950s. Uh, and then we have progressed to the estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, or TBA type implants. The main ingredients for implants is estradiol and, and trimbolone acetate, TBA, which is a, an analog of testosterone and we use these in different ratios and at different levels depending on the potency and the stage of production of the animals. So I basically take steroid implants and break them up into three categories low potency, medium potency, and high potency. And our low potency implants are like the Revel RG, the Cinevex C, Raugro, some of those that are considered calf or grass type implants are the lower potency because they're lower dosage rate of the, the steroids. The medium potency would be our intermediate type implants, the Revel RIS, the Cinevex Choice, uh, the component uh, intermediate implants as we start to develop these and, and think about these. And then our terminal implants or our high potency implants would be Revel RS, Rev 200, uh, Cinevex Plus, all of these different types of implants that we use at the end of the feeding period. So potency. And then when we consider the, uh, the Revlar XS and, and, and Cinevex 1, which are these extended release or dual release type implants, I consider those to be a medium and high potency implant wrapped into one, where we give the one implant and then the, the biofilm uh, removes as it is in the ear to where there's a delayed release of the second implant which then is like the terminal or the high potency. So 
low, medium, and high potency. What do these do for cattle? Implants will increase average daily gain 15 to 25%. They will increase dry matter intake 6 to 10%, and they improve since you have a higher increase in average daily gain and a, uh, than you do in feed, in feed intake, you then get that improvement of 10 to 15% improvement in feed efficiency or feed to gain, which goes into a lower co feed cost of gain, which then goes into increased pounds sold and, and some of those different things. So when we come back from commercial, we're gonna start to jump into some of the things you should do when you're gonna implant cattle. You're watching Doc Talk. We're sure glad you joined us. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson and we're here at Iowa State University where I serve as a professor. I'm a veterinarian. I'm also owner and operator of Production Animal Consultation, a practice that oversees many cattle here in the United States in feedlots. And again, we're having a tribute to Dr. Scott Morey out there at Fenton River uh, Veterinary Services, his Fenton River Farms, um, and, and uh, his family, Heidi, Ashland, and, and Jackson. Um, when we... Uh, Take a look at, at uh, you know, the first thing we gotta go through is the equipment list and things that you're gonna need to, to provide the steroid implant. And the first thing is, is we utilize a gun and uh, an implant gun to match whatever implants you're going to, to utilize. Another thing that you're gonna want is you're gonna want a tray with a, with a, a uh, needle cleaner in it. That This paint tray with the needle cleaner um, we can hook right on the side and, and this is going to, to uh, work together. You're going to want a, uh, a butter knife and maybe some people don't still use a butter knife when they, they implant. We're going to want a, a small scrub brush. I don't have a small bucket, but you're going to want a bucket and then you're going to want a Tupperware container. These are some of the things that I take with as we uh, are going to look at setting up to properly implant cattle and do it to and 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 so these this is the equipment list why do we have all of this different types of equipment well the the number one thing is is we want to keep everything clean and we want to keep our equipment clean we want to keep our implants clean we want to keep the cattle's ears clean and and the reason is is because if we track an infection into that ear what we'll get is an abscess because the cow the ear of the steer or the heifer or calf or whatever could have manure on it, could have something in the needle. Uh, if we don't keep that clean, can have contamination. Uh, the implants, if they're sitting out, I don't know if maybe y'all work in a different place where manure doesn't fly around, but where I'm at, it flies around and gets in places where you don't want it. And one of them would be on my implant cartridge. And so we're looking at ways to keep things clean so that we can make sure that we don't um, uh, get track and infection into that ear, which would cause uh, an abscess. We also want to make sure the equipment functions properly so we don't have a burr in that needle where we're causing inflammation in that ear or, or things to that, that nature. And so as we look at the equipment, oh, and the one other thing I forgot to mention is you're going to want a, a chlorhexidine solution, which we use a lot in making sure to keep animals uh, clean. So the first thing I'll start out with is just a Tupperware container. You're going to want this, and we don't take our implant cartridges out until about a half hour before we're going to work cattle. And we'll go out and we'll put them in into this Tupperware container, the different cartridges, and we'll just go ahead and seal it. And it'll sit there with our implant gun and, and implant tray, and it'll make sure that we don't get manure on our 
our implant cartridges, okay? And so that helps with, with, uh, with, with that. With the gun and keeping it clean, you're gonna take the chlorohexidine solution and you're gonna pour it until it fills up into the bottom of this paint tray so that when you get done implanting, I'm gonna take that, that gun just like this along these rollers and I'm gonna use the chlorohexidine and the, the rollers to remove any physical debris and to get rid of any bacterial contamination that's gonna be there in the, the... So, so those are the two main things. When we come back, we're gonna talk about cleaning the ear and placement of the implant. Um, but, but we got off to a good start. We've got the things that you're gonna to need to do this uh, appropriately, and we'll wrap up by talking about different implants in, in different types of cattle. But you're watching Doc Talk, and we'll be right back after these messages. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. We're getting stuff done. Uh, Dr. Scott Morey, we're with you, brother. Um, when we start to think about implants, you know, we've talked about keeping our equipment clean, keeping our implants clean. The next thing is, is the ear. And so when they come in, and you've seen it, especially on re-implant cattle, they come in, their head's uh, covered with, with manure. You're gonna take the chlorhexidine and not as big a bucket, but maybe a bucket that's about this tall or a rubber container with your scrub brush. And we just keep the scrub brush in there. I can keep the knife in there. Um, but what I'm gonna do, if, it's, if they come in and they have dried manure, it's really easy to take a butter knife, the backside of a butter knife, and just grab that ear and do like this and get the dried manure off the ear. Um, if they come in wet and, and uh, have a lot of wet manure on the ear, I'm going to take this, this scrub brush and I'm just going to dump it in, that, in the chlorhexidine in there and I'm just going to take it and I'm going to scrub that ear. And uh, sometimes I'll use a, 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 some sort of a towel or something that I'll just grab the ear uh, as a secondary just to, to wipe and remove some of that, that liquid. Um, but that's what I'm going to do to prep that ear to make sure that I'm not going through with the implant gun, going through a bunch of manure into that ear, tracking the manure into that ear, which then can cause some of the, the abscesses that, that we see. And there is no silver bullet to preventing these abscesses, um, but cleanliness of the ear, cleanliness of your equipment, cleanliness of your implants are, are the, the gatekeepers, okay? Um, the next thing is, is we're gonna look where we're gonna place the implant in the ear. And the, you, know, you don't wanna place it um, you know, the, the, what the basic rule is, is we're gonna go right on the midline of that ear. And as you can see in this picture, we're gonna go in the middle one third of the ear. And we wanna place the implant in the middle one third of the ear, right in the middle of the, right in the middle of the ear. So that's the site. And there there's some, can be a lot of things going on in that ear. There can be ear tags. There can be ear tag holes. There can be a former implant. So you wanna palpate to see if there was a former implant in that ear and and so if there is an old implant in that ear or in in the other ear maybe you want to alternate ears and go on the other side uh, the other thing you may want to do is you just want to go at least a, a half inch or an inch above or below that uh, that previous implant and you want to make sure that you stay away from the holes and different things like that within the ear if you get them too far out on the tip of the ear when they shake the their ears you know that that's a it's a that's pretty high uh, uh, velocity at the end of a steer's ear. 
um, that they can rub on things and, and remove those implants. That's the reason why we get it in the middle. Sometimes people say they want to go on that curved or what they call the top shelf of the ear. Uh, that can work as well in difficult ears, but understand that with bunk cables and different things like that, steers will rub against bunk cables and they'll have the propensity to maybe rub or have a missing implant uh, from those types of things. So middle third, midline of the, the ear, uh, make sure we have it cleaned. All of those things are going to be rolled into uh, a good implant procedure uh, with, with the ear. The last thing I'll say is make sure you keep your needle sharp. A dull needle or a needle with a burr on it is, is not only harder to, and everybody gets a new needle, the first thing they do is they stick it right straight through the ear. Um, understanding that you're going to place that gun and you're going to go right along that, that, that underneath the skin and, and place these uh, subcutaneously. Um, want to have a sharp needle. Um, and then when I do, after I expel that implant, I will pinch off so that as that, that uh, releases, I make sure that implant's staying in the ear, uh, taking my gun back, making sure we clean it, uh, things of that nature. When we come back, we'll talk about implant checks. We'll talk about some of the things with implants. You're watching Doc Talk, and we're sure glad you joined us. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson here at Iowa State University in production animal consultation. Wearing my shirt here, uh, supporting one of my friends, colleagues, former student, Dr. Scott Morey, uh, his wife Heidi, Dr. Heidi Morey, and uh, Ashlyn and, and Jackson out there in Connecticut. Uh, Fenton River is in, in great shape uh, with this family, and, and Scott, we're all there for you, and you're in our prayers. Um, as we look at uh, steroid implants and we look at uh, proper procedures the one thing that has always happened is you can do implant checks right to see how good of a job that you're doing and the number one implant check is to make sure it's not missing and uh, you know I will routinely check implants on cattle on the way into the feedlot uh, because sometimes they'll be marketed as not being implanted and and all of a sudden sure as you see there's an implant in their ear um, the other one is, is that uh, I will do it at re-implant to check myself or to check our crews. And when I take a look at, at steroid implants, the things that I'm uh, feeling for is can I palpate that implant that I put in at arrival? Uh, the other thing is, was there an abscess? And so you'll feel a bleb or you'll feel a scar tissue. Sometimes it won't be a full-blown abscess when they come in but you'll see where that, that thing abscessed opened up and the implant fell out, okay? Or where it abscessed and it, and it healed over, or it could still be uh, abscessed. Other things that I will look for is, did I bunch that implant? And what happens there is like, if I have that, that needle in the cartridge and I deliver that implant hard and it just bunches all the pellets into a wad, um, I don't want that. I want to lay that, that implant in there uh, nice and smooth against that that ear. Uh, crushed implants is another one that when I use this and, and you, you depress that, that ejector slide comes out and it can actually crush the pellets um, then causing increased release or faster release of the, the implant. So those are a lot of the things but the two big ones I'm looking for are missing and abscessed because placement and cleanliness are the two things that I'm I'm looking at. When you start to think about every implant we put in the ear is $50 return on investment, 
and we do two during the cattle feeding period, there's $100 return on investment. We wanna make sure that we're doing this appropriately. There's plenty of videos out there. Work with the implant companies, they'll come out. But uh, a lot of times what I'll do at re-implant when I'm a veterinarian or I'm doing a consultation at a feed yard, if we're working cattle through there, I'll work up at the front with the crew to see how they're administering products. And I'll just go in and just do an implant check. I'm watching their cattle handling. I'm watching their injection sites. I'm watching how they, they run the chute. I'm looking at how cattle slip going out of the chute, all these different types of things. But I'll go ahead and I'll just reach in there, palpate the ear, yep, there's an implant. We wanna run 90, 95%, 95% uh, clean, properly placed implants in our, in our feed yards. It's, 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 it's doable um, and we see it done every day uh, when we're out there in the field. Thanks for watching Doc Talk today. These are important tools. It's important that we do it right. Uh, remember, if you want to find out more about what we do at DocTalk, you can find us on the web at www.doctalktv.com. Always work with your local veterinarian and nutritionist. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson here at Iowa State University, fighting with Scott Morey um, together. And uh, we wish you, Heidi, Ashlyn, uh, Jackson, nothing but the best. And I'll see you down the road.